0: Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name is Colin. I'm the C. The Z is not here. Um, instead, I have an, an A. Hello, Anthony. Hello. Glad to be on the show. It's a pleasure to have you uh, have you here. Instead of Zijan, sorry, Zijan. Uh, we we're going to be talking movies as ever, um, in particularly uh, maths in movies. And if that's not a an
1: incentive to stick around, I don't know what it is.
0: Are you excited? Ant?
1: I am excited. Um, I I know very little about movies. So it'll be a learning process for me. I look forward to listening.
0: (laughs) This bodes really well. Uh, But you know a lot about maths, so
1: that's good. Yeah, let's say I know lots about maths.
0: This could become a stealth maths podcast. Um, (laughs) I like the sound of that. A lot of people... Stealth maths is the best kind of maths. Um, A lot of people say to me, your podcast is fantastic. You're one of the great podcasters of our generation. However, it's a shame that only one of the two of you has a maths degree. So we're rectifying that today. (laughs) Yes, I suspect, I suspect you get a lot of communication along those lines. Almost that exactly. sounds awesome. plausible. Oh, I fooled one person. Um, <laughs> usually at this point we do uh, the news, movie news. Uh, however, we are recording a couple of weeks early, so we don't know what the news is going to be yet. So, um, Should we just make some stuff up? Well, I think probably. And then we can record some kind of reaction bits and I can edit it together into something that is realistic.
1: I um, doubt that. <laughs> but if we if we claim a few exciting things that are mutually exhaustive, oh yeah, we can just cut out the bits that aren't true. Okay. Did you see that Robert Robert De Niro had died? <laughs> <laughs> to be countered with the exciting news that Robert De Niro didn't die, I, I like it. It's a, a strong <laughs> Robert
0: De Niro's still alive. <laughs> wow! I can't believe I missed that in the papers. That'll do you want it? That's, yep. that's, that's I'm that's, buying it. That's conclusive. Um, if you can just say for me, that's the most incredible movie news I've ever heard.
1: That's the most incredible movie news I've ever heard. Right. I oh, was very good. <laughs> Thank you. you. You've, was... act, you've acted before. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have indeed.
0: Um, yeah, we can just cut and paste. Uh, I, maybe I can <laughs> just, um, in a couple of weeks' time, record the news and we'll be fine. Um, in, in lieu of news, I'm, I'm going to introduce you to the, the podcast listening public with some exciting film-based questions. Um, about you, about your film experience, and you can answer most of them by saying you don't really watch films, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Excellent.
1: Well, first of all, uh, you should probably tell tell people who you are. Who are well, you, man? Who are you, Anthony? I I am an erstwhile housemate of uh, the uh, the Colin, yes, of the podcast fame. Uh, I studied maths at Warwick University, and I'm currently Woo! teaching maths. So. That's my qualifications for a, a movie podcast. Excellent. Uh, do you have a favourite film? Um,
0: I don't think I do. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a great answer. Just to that what question. I was hoping would be the answer. I've, I've, you're the third person I've done the kind of intro questions for, and I've not warned any of them what, they, what the questions will be. So there's <laughs> lots of pauses and, 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 and disappointing answers. Okay, let's move on. What was, the, what was the last film you
1: saw at the cinema? I saw Beauty and the Beast. The new version ah did you enjoy that i did yeah it was uh, partly because it's the first time that me and my wife have been to the cinema for what feels like at least a couple of years okay um and it was it was nice to have the whole cinema experience again you forget how different it is watching on a a laptop or on a phone (laughs) (laughs) compared to having actual sound and a big screen. I mean, if you wanted to, you could have watched a movie on, on a phone at the same time for a real like real live comparison. Well, according to the the TV the uh, the TV according to the the screen, it's been a while. Cinema, I see. <laughs> they have yes. robots that can detect if you if you have a phone on. Oh so, really? Yeah, I didn't see any of these robots. Cinemas have got scarier since I was. Uh, I, was I
0: you, you may, well, I I know for a fact that you haven't, but others may have listened to our Beauty and the Beast podcast um, a few weeks ago and well, discouraged. since you. telling you I haven't, oh, yeah. I have listened to your Beauty and the Beast podcast. Oh, oh there you go. Fact, so I didn't know for a fact. I knew it for a, <laughs> a lie or something. Excellent. Then you're joining Zijan in, in his excitement uh, as opposed to me and my general apathy uh, towards the film.
1: And I'm sure I'm not the only member of the public who is intrigued to discover more about your your fear of inanimate objects <laughs> coming to life and the details of when that's valid and and, and when it uh, when it doesn't necessarily stop you from enjoying most of a film aimed at small children. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, yeah, it's no, not my proudest uh, proudest personal quality, but it's all I have. Uh, what really worries me <laughs> is that. You're going to be really, really good at this podcast, uh, leading you and Zijan to, to go alone and make the A to Z of movies, which is really what we were aiming for in the first that would, place. That would work better, <laughs> yeah. In fact, when I, when, I, when I suggested the title, Zijan's only comment was, um, <laughs> well, I think he made two comments, one of which was, I hope you come up with something better, um, <laughs> and the second was, I wish your name began with A. Uh, so there you go, rocky start. Um, that was the last film you saw at the cinema, what was the first film you saw at the cinema, if you can remember? I'm trying to think about when that would have been.
1: It was probably The um, Lion King. Um, it, may, it may have been Matilda. I think oh, yeah. it might have been Matilda on a school trip or something like that. That's certainly one of the, the earliest ones that I remember. That sounds seeing. plausible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is this one of these uh, school things you were supposed to
1: read in the book, but you ran out of time, so uh, go off to the cinema instead? Uh, no. I don't think it was ever required reading for for primary school. No, um, I think it was a... Towards the end of the Christmas term, teachers are sick and tired of trying to teach, so they they organise a cinema trip. Flipping teachers, gotta love them.
0: I, I I fear that I, <laughs> I fear that I do. Um, what film have you seen the most? Oh,
1: a film that I've seen the most. There are some films I think that bear watching quite a few times. Oh yeah. Um, but a film I've seen the most would probably have to be one I own, and I do not own very many films. Okay. So it might be something predictable like The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. Because I own that one. It is one of my favourite films. It's a great film. My assumption was that it would have been uh, The Lego Movie. Um... Oh, that is, that's that's going to be a close second. I don't know if I've sat through the entire thing um, as many times as The Shawshank Redemption. It's Those are the two big films okay. in, in most top 20 lists of yeah, films, right. I would guess. Despicable Me, The Lego Movie what else would it be cars cars is a big oh one. yeah i don't know i don't know whether you're you're
0: concealing from the podcast listing public your <laughs> your, your uh fact that you have children um but
1: they might have guessed that from those that fit list of films <laughs> i i occasionally leave children's movies on in the background and force myself to watch part of them yes i do have small children um three and one by the time the podcast goes out they might be four and two. Oh yeah you can say how slow is my editing process going to be <laughs> It depends how many long pauses I decide to put in. <laughs> there might be ten and eight for, you know. A... <laughs> so they are they are big fans of uh, the Lightning McQueen movie, as they call it, and um, Minions movie, which oh, yeah. confusingly is not the same as the one called Minions. Oh. But it's the original Despicable Me.
0: Although uh, friends of mine who've got um, a, a daughter who uh, was probably about three or so when, when she said this was, was a big fan of the Horse movie, which turned out to be Tangled.
1: Um. <laughs> the horses has a big part in tangled let's be fair it's one of the best characters it's i've not seen tangled i must admit um that one's worth watching oh, yeah. so if you especially if you're a four-year-old girl which i know deep down you're probably not but
0: uh, no I, i've seen bits of it with, with this with this family it, it looked fine um <laughs> my in-depth review it's no frozen let's be honest but who doesn't love frozen though oh, oh zizan's gonna be so annoyed the number of uh Uh, (laughs) Cartoons we talked about whilst he's not here Um, Final question, it's in two parts If there was a film of your life What would it be called and who would play you? Now this is the one I definitely ought to prepare people for Um, (laughs) What would it be called? It depends how it ends really I'm not not sure (laughs) Yeah I mean I suppose if you you go on to like Assassinate the Queen or something It's probably
1: going to focus on that Uh, um, Okay let's call it (laughs) Well, let's start with let's start with the the put the the actor who's going to play me. Yes. I, I think we're going to go with Matt Damon. That's the obvious okay.
0: choice. Yes, no, I, I hear he's been circling the role for a while. <laughs> okay, yeah, I could
1: I could I could I could see that. I guess he's had is he going to have to grow a beard for it? He might. Um, maybe he'll need to to brush up on his mathematics. Yeah. Uh, according to some films I've seen him in, he's, he's not bad at that sort of thing. So Ooh, I'm sure I'll manage. Spoilers. Yes. <laughs> Now, Anthony, as a, as a keen devotee
0: of, of the CDZ movies, you'll you'll be familiar with our segment, Actor Factor. Yes, yes, I am. You will not be familiar with this new segment, Actor Factor.
1: All right. You're At one me? time, you have two mathematicians <laughs> on the show. You get rid of the only mathematical word in the title. Of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, I was looking forward to factorizing something. There'll be time for that later. Um, Excellent.
0: This, this is this is. This is basically a, um, taking advantage of the fact that you don't know much about films to uh, to see if you can recognise the uh, the real actors from the non-actors in this list of ten.
1: To subtly mock me with questions that most people would know the answer to. I like it. It's not as su- <laughs> subtle. Um, this is a list of ten people. They're all real people. Some of them
0: are famous actors who are Oscar nominated in the last Oscars. Some of them are not. The ones that are not? Yes. Are they actors at all? No. Or
1: are they completely... Like, okay.
0: com- completely different. Uh, my aim is to mock you not only for not knowing actors but also not knowing other things that's what I'm going for
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if I mix up the President of the United States with an actor yeah, yeah I it, it works okay. both ways um, number one Ryan Gosling he's an actor he's an actor good work yeah, he's definitely an actor I think I've even seen him in things like I want to say The Notebook he was in The Notebook very good yeah, yeah. Uh, bonus points
0: uh, yes you get a bonus point Congratulations. Nice <laughs> you you're winning <laughs> I think, I'll, I think I'll stop now. <laughs> no one else has ever played well, this I'll game be. or ever will, but you are winning. Um, <laughs> number two, William Faulkner. I'm going to say he's an actor. I'm afraid he's a fake Turk. <laughs> 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 William Faulkner is an American author that my brother tells me is really famous. I really, I wanted to put that to a test because um, I don't think <laughs> he is. and I th- you, You've proven that right. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> number three, Tim Farron.
1: I don't recognise the name, but I'm guessing he's an
0: actor. I'm afraid he's the leader of the Liberal Democrats. Um Uh, I stand by my previous (laughs) statement. Uh, Number four, Mahashana Ali. Now
1: I just don't know what to think. (laughs) No, no, that's fair. (laughs) Um, Give me a clue. Gender? Uh, It's it's a man. Okay. Um,
0: I'm going to say actor. Correct. He, uh, He, in fact, won Best Supporting Actor at the most
1: recent Oscars. He's the horse entangled, I believe. That's right.
0: He plays. He plays a lot of animal roles. Um, he was most of the Jungle Book. <laughs> number five, Ed Sheeran. Uh, no, he is not an actor. Correct. He's a award winging musician uh, who had the fourteen of the top fifteen singles uh, earlier this year. He does guitar-type stuff. Right? He does. He does do guitar-type stuff. That's right. That's a safe bet. Though, <laughs> to be honest.
1: Yeah. No, he plays the piccolo.
0: That's his. Oh. <laughs>
1: uh, number six, Ruth Negger. Never heard of her, so she's probably the leader of a, a leading political party. <laughs> I'm going to say she's the next prime minister. Oh yes, that could be true by the time the podcast goes out.
0: I, I can't say that it's who not can true. Say? Uh,
1: it's, it's a wide open election.
0: It is. She is an actress, but who knows? She could be uh, she could be the next prime minister. Casey Affleck.
1: Oh, sneaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reckon she's an actress. I'll give you that. It's a man,
0: um, but it's uh, but he is an <laughs> Did actor. You say Casey. Casey. I heard Katie. Uh,
1: mm.
0: oh, fair enough. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Richard Starkey. Richard Starkey is a Beatle. Correct. I'll do if I banged on about it for long enough. <laughs> Richard Starkey is the real name of Ringo Starr, the second best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> exactly.
1: Number nine, Emma Stone. Uh, she is an actress. Possib- Am I supposed to say actress, or is that massively anti-feminist? As long as the Academy Awards keep saying actress, I think you're on safe ground. They, they gave as long ones. as they're actually female, as opposed to... Yes, as opposed
0: to Casey Affleck. In um, fact, <laughs> yeah, she, she just won Best Actress. Does she do Harry Potter? Uh, no, you're thinking of a different Emma, uh, who's... Ah, what's this, her name? I'll she's the one who was in Beauty and the Beast. Um, she's incredibly yeah. famous. Oh, I can't remember think of her name. This is packed fired horror me. Emma what- Watson. Thank
1: you. Yes. Google has it just above Emma Stone. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Emma Stone was the lead in La La Land, um, and among other things. I have not seen it. I heard poor reviews on it on some podcasts I listened to. Really? C to, C to Z, something like
0: that. Yeah. We, we, we 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 had our qualms, but I think overall we enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm sure I said good things about Emma Stone, because I spend most of my time saying good things about Emma Stone. But you didn't like the singing. I didn't like the singing. No, sorry, Emma. I thought um, Emma Watson's singing was rather better. Number ten, Johann Valla. That's
1: not a real person. <laughs> it is a real person. Um, is it perhaps a, a not an actor? You're correct. He is the inventor of the
0: paperclip. Ah. Therefore, a very famous man.
1: Do you know any any of the backstory here? It might be worth um, a tangent.
0: Yeah. So, so Johann Valla, he had all these these different sheafs of paper, right? And he was thinking, how can I keep these things together? I see where this is going. <laughs> and then he invented the paperclip. <laughs> wow I may have cut out the middle bit uh, he was in, he was Norwegian he was the office manager of Brin's Patent Contour in Christiania. interesting
1: <laughs> yeah it uh, see it sounds a lot like the story of the man who went into the the coat hanger oh yeah who uh, apparently was a member of a small company who made things out of wire and yet the coat hanger was not one of the things that they made out of wire it okay. was something that he made in a fit of pique one morning after arriving late and not having anywhere to hang his coat. Yeah. So he did that technically on the clock, but before getting started with the rest of the job. And the coat hanger was the one thing that became ubiquitous, and pretty yeah. much everything else that the entire company ever made, no one ever remembered again.
0: Well, there you go. I've, I've yeah. learned more about coat hangers than I thought I would today.
1: Mr North of Connecticut, apparently.
0: Unknown to Jan Vala, a more functional and practical paperclip was already in production in Britain. Mm-mm. I'm last time to doubt whether he actually <laughs> was the inventor of the paper. <laughs> anyway, we had some we had some fun with actor um, sort of. <laughs> I wasn't really keeping track, so let's say you got a um, ten out of ten. Good work. That sounds about right. That's, that's plausible. Um, <laughs> right. So the main topic of today uh, is maths in film. We have some we have some films with maths in them. We will talk about them. This isn't my first podcast. <laughs> it is my first podcast. It is your first podcast. Um,
1: you and I have seen together a film called Pi. Yes. I remember about as much of it and about as accurately as I remember Pi itself, uh, to yeah. be honest.
0: Well, I, likewise, but fortunately, I remember 76 decimal places of Pi, so this is going to be fine. I remember it being bad. I, I think you, you share that, that memory. I do. Um, directed by Darren Aronofsky, who went on to direct uh, Black Swan, among other things. Um, I, I, I'll say I remember this, but basically I just remember all the maths they got wrong. The actual plot line itself um, is, is a little bit of a little bit hazy. But as far as I recall, there was this genius and he decided to trepan himself with a drill.
1: Yep, because he was too clever, perhaps? Probably what it was. Doesn't quite tie in. (laughs) You ever have that?
0: You ever feel Um, just too clever? I don't
1: think I'm that clever. No. I I think I'd I'd need to be a little cleverer before I decided to try a trick like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't don't think I'm at drill stage. Not quite. (laughs) Every now and again, I tap a screwdriver against my head. Well, that's uh, that's about as far as it goes. Uh, Yes. My objection to pi, <laughs> the film, the, the number. The <laughs> the, I have a, I, the, the number. I'm fine with mostly. Uh, the film starts off with with the first like thousand decimal places of pi on the screen, but as it turns out, only the first like I don't know thirty or so are actually correct, and the rest
1: are just random.
0: That seems lazy that is, to me.
1: It's, I think to the majority of people, that is basically what pi is. Yeah. Random and arbitrary are effectively the same. But it is considering it's one of those constants that we do have quite a lot of information for, there's even a very fancy algorithm for generating any given digit of pi without taking too much time on a computer, which is quite impressive. That's pretty cool. You'd think you would just copy pi from some website. I
0: mean, it wasn't the biggest budget film in the world, but surely they can pay some intern 20
1: quid to... uh... Maybe they did. And yeah, that's why it's that's wrong. Probably what's happened. Actually, yeah, yeah. twenty pounds like, easy gig here. <laughs> Rand between <laughs> one
0: nine. Yeah, they would have got when you missed all the zeros. Okay. <laughs> well, well, quite. You got to pay a bit more for for every single digit. And zeros don't come free. That's uh, that's my motto. It's <laughs> a confusing motto <laughs> in most contexts. It's, it's never helped me until today, but uh, but it's really paid off now.
1: Uh, I would like to suggest however that there are better mathematical films that have worse approximations for pi. Oh yeah. Um I uh, I was looking earlier today coincidentally at a screenshot from A Beautiful Mind. Oh yes. Uh, Russell Crowe is busy scribbling on a, a window as we mathematicians are wont to do.
0: We certainly do love to scribble on windows. <laughs> we do. Our, I can barely, our, um, I can barely see the road from my my, my bedroom seats <laughs> because my my windows are just covered in shopping lists
1: and things. Oh, yes, it's the it's the windscreen in the car that gets more <laughs> <Yeah>. concerning. <laughs> I
0: mean, it's mostly just buy Window Lean on my windows, but um, <laughs> window, window Lean's a
1: window cleaning brand, right? Either that, or some sort of obscure reference to Wallace and Gromit. Possibly uh, both. Uh yeah, yeah, maybe. Wouldn't surprise me.
0: Window Lean. If, but, you, if you are real, we will accept sponsorship, and I will c- commit to mention you in every podcast. Carry on.
1: Well, I, I happen to notice an inequality appearing on the screen. Oh, yeah. Uh, zero less than or equal to pi. So far, so good. <laughs> less than or equal to one. Yeah. That's difficult to substantiate, isn't it? <laughs> Somewhat. Uh, uh, there was. Uh, it was unrelated to anything else that I could see on the window. Just uh, stand alone. Yeah. We hold these truths to be self-evident <laughs> kind of assertion. See, so that's weird, because a beautiful mind has usually got pretty good maths in it. It does. I think at this point they'd probably... Asked Russell Crowe to scribble some things with Greek letters on a window and yeah. let him get on with it. Just for the, done, the only three numbers he knows. Um. <laughs> In the wrong order. Oh, uh, Russell.
0: Yeah, no, so for people who haven't seen Beautiful Mind, um, well, firstly, you should. It's great. Uh, it's Russell Crowe playing John Nash, um, uh, an economist, a mathematician who uh, suffered from mental illness and, and hallucinations according to the film, although I think they, uh, they maybe um, simplified the hallucinatory aspects of it slightly. Uh, he may have won an Oscar. I don't think he won an Oscar. He was, he was probably Oscar-nominated. Uh, it, it did very well. It was Ron Howard directing. I think I, I might preempt the uh, the rest of the pod, podcast segment and say it's probably my favourite math-based film.
1: It's uh, it's definitely up there. It's probably in my my top n, oh. where n is less than or equal to pi. Oh, that's less than one. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, there is a um, you've you come across the actor
0: Kevin Bacon. Um, then hmm. There's a I think where people have a Bacon number um, and like you have a Bacon number of one if you've been in a film with Kevin Bacon or, or two if you've been in a film with someone who's been in a film with Kevin Bacon and, and so on and so forth. Uh, I guess zero if you are not Kevin Bacon. Um, there's also a mathematician I think called Erdkiss um, who wrote loads of mathematical papers and you have like a, an Erdkiss number of one if you've written a paper with him and two if you've written one with someone who wrote one with him and so on.
1: He was possibly, he wasn't necessarily the best mathematician, but he was most definitely the most prolific. He used to just wander around, spend a month on the, the couch of some mathematician and collaborate yeah. on a paper and then go to someone else and do the same sort of thing. Yeah. So he was, he was all over the place doing all sorts of different bits of maths.
0: Yeah, he'd he knock on the door and say, anyone need a cup of tea? While, whilst I'm here, can I put my name on your paper? That kind of thing. <laughs> um.
1: He may have done some of the maths involved at the same time. Mostly he was Maybe. hanging around. Being a mathematician on the run. Yes, what uh, a life! But there's a concept of an
0: Erdős-Bacon number, which is I can't remember the name of the person, but there's there's an extra.
1: It, well, it, well,
0: he's um, kind of one of the mathematical advisors for a Beautiful Mind. I think it's a Beautiful Mind. Who uh, yeah, told them what, what maths to put on their blackboards? And presumably wasn't responsible for the pi being less than one claim. Uh, and he got a cameo in the background somewhere, um, and therefore he has the lowest Erdős-Bacon number of uh, of anyone. Apparently. Well, there you go. Until Kevin Bacon co-writes a mathematical paper with a mathematician who I believe is now dead, it's uh, <laughs> un- unlikely to be beaten. Could happen. It. Uh, it probably won't happen. I take issue with with the first of those statements. Um,
1: a few popular people have Erdős-Bacon numbers. Oh yeah. Uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, uh, Richard Feynman. Oh, yes. Has Erdős number of three and Bacon number of three, appearing in anti-clock. I've never heard of. No. And Stephen Hawking. Well, of course. As well. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's uh, quite well. He's appeared in lots of kind of sketches and things. I don't can't think of. He's like he's in Big Bang Theory and things like that as well. So maybe that's uh, how other link. Well, at.
1: he managed to squeak in with a Bacon number of two, appearing alongside John Cleese, apparently, in a Monty Python live.
0: Well, oh, that's really
1: stretching things. <laughs> do you have a do you have an Erkis Bacon number? Um, let let's say it's it's not uh, it's not notable on Wikipedia. Right. So I I don't think I'm going to claim. Any particularly impressive uh, just Bacon number. I mean,
0: I've never written a mathematical paper or or appeared in a in a film. No, so, that does make it <laughs> yeah. difficult
1: to, to be up there with the greats. I've done lots of maths assignments and appeared in a play. So that, that must be... Uh, Maybe we need to write a mathematical film and then publish it with someone with a half-decent Bacon number. Kevin Bacon, for example.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll drop him a line. Cool. Uh, but yeah, you don't mind. Great film, good maths, a bit more economics even I guess uh, that I like as a pure mathematician. I say I'm a pure mathematician. I have aspirations to be a pure mathematician. They don't do any pure maths these days, really.
1: I, do. I find the, the economics bit, the the game theory aspect of it, quite intriguing. Because, hmm. yeah, all the strange counterintuitive nature of if we both do what's logically the best decision for us, it ends up being worse than if we both did something different.
0: Yeah, Adam Smith was wrong. Um, although it seems to me that i imagine the film has made this slightly more simplistic than reality basically it's just isn't it nice when we all get along let's um look out for each other and things are things are good
1: yes um but it's it's not always yes as you say it's not always that simple but there's all sorts of interesting situations you can contrive where the obvious thing ends up being a the suboptimal decision which is quite yeah there have been roads oh, yeah. closed while maintenance was was done in various cities in the road in the in the world um, and while the road was closed traffic conditions in the area actually improved significantly okay. because there are similar sorts of mechanisms at work in road systems as there would be in economic game theory okay. if people don't have the choice to take this additional road then everybody does better rather than everyone taking the best choice for themselves and therefore making it worse for everybody
0: maybe this is why when i was at the london 2012 olympics they tried to send me halfway around the uh, outskirts of the city to get to the next venue it's possible maybe not can i use this game theory to make people listen to our podcast more
1: um it depends <laughs> <laughs> if you if you tell them they're going to be starring in the podcast oh, yeah. and then they, they have to kind of listen to it <laughs> just to gain a little bit of credibility <laughs> Yeah, that, that seems to that be working. Work. That seems to
0: be working so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, maybe if 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 I keep inviting new people on the podcast and they keep performing excellently, so far so good, so far so good, uh, Zijian <laughs> will have to up his game to stay around. Earlier, Anthony, you referred to Matt Damon making mathematical films. Did you have any in I mind? Did.
1: Well, funny you should mention that. Thank I you. was uh, I was just reminiscing on on Goodwill Hunting, which is possibly my favourite
0: mathematical film. I'd say it's, uh, yes, for me also, it's, it's, I think Beautiful Mind is my favourite, but Good Will Hunting is right up there. Yeah. Tell, tell tell the good people about Good Will Hunting, Anthony.
1: Well, in essence, we have a chap who is very, very bright, not just mathematically, but a sort of bit of a freaky genius in lots of areas, and is content to spend his life working as a janitor in a university um, until he is uh, forced to confront the massive opportunities he could have for himself uh, by... Uh, an eccentric and um, somewhat troubled uh, mathematics professor and a psychiatrist, as
0: played by uh, the late great Robin Williams. Yeah, indeed,
1: they they make a great a great duo. They do. Um Matt David and Robin Williams.
0: This is the, if you're really smart, the alternative to drilling yourself in the head is to is to go and see Robin Williams. It seems I think you made the right. Seems to do the trick. So, yeah. so I think it's a great film. I think fantastic performances from from everyone around from ron williams in particular um and a great a great script written by matt damon and ben affleck who weren't
1: really known at all at the time but- well they very nearly didn't manage to make the film at all oh yeah i believe one studio wanted to to buy the script and cast brad pitt instead or something like that oh, yeah. I, I may have got the, that seems the details wrong and they said thanks but no thanks and managed to to sell it to somebody else who was going to Star the people they wanted to well, star
0: Shows remarkable confidence um, It does quite, Sylvester Sloan did the same thing when uh, when he was shopping Rocky around Because he
1: would basically fact, It took him a long time to find anyone yeah. who would cast
0: him Yeah, well, he was basically scraping around And he said, well, someone tried to buy it And he said, no, you can't have it unless I'm in it um, And apparently when they, when they first wrote the script It was more of a kind of action, action thriller They were being chased down by the government And uh, I think others were brought on board To help with the process mm. um, Which is not uncommon, I think there were some rumours flying around that they hadn't really written it and things, which I don't think is, is true. Although, in fairness, I'm not sure Matt Damon in particular has, has written a film since. It seems a bit odd. Um, maybe when you get him on board to uh, to star in the as-yet-unnamed film of your life, uh, he can can do some writing <laughs> on it as well.
1: He can suggest some useful titles.
0: Yes. Although, having said that, Goodwill Hunting is a terrible title. I, just... I like it
1: really it's it's one of these titles that you think is on more levels than it really is I don't know if you've come across any concepts like that <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not that I can think of but...
0: <laughs> hey Anthony hello yeah <laughs> how is this how is this joke different to a window
1: cleaner who's scared of heights the window cleaner will only work on one level
0: well thanks for making that happen um <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine that the podcast listening public are now collapsing in
1: hysterics. Um, I will be, I'm sure, when I when I listen back. Oh,
0: excellent. Tell your friends. Uh, so, but yes, I, I think the title, basically, it
1: It seems like it means two things, but I don't think it even means one thing, really. Exactly, <laughs> that, that's the beauty of it. Is it? Okay. It's like a fractal, where you think it's two-dimensional, but it's it's not even one-dimensional, it's something else okay. in between, maybe less, who could say?
0: Not me. Uh, so previously on the podcast, I believe I've, I've I've complained about the maths in Goodwill Hunting, and you've you've upbraided me for this. Uh, well, I our...
1: half-heartedly defended it, and subsequently looked it up and discovered that yes, the the problem that was supposed to take MIT professors two years to solve was a, the sort of thing that I could probably have done had I been bothered to sitting down with a pencil and paper in a couple of hours.
0: Yeah, and 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 the the, the original problem that's on a blackboard that everyone's amazed at this challenge to can solve it. When they freeze frame that, it's kind of a, an easy first year question. It's I mean, it's it's, it's, like it's messing around with a matrix. Yeah, so it's real maths, just about. But it's not kind of crazy. Who who managed to solve this maths?
1: But in fairness, I think it's quite hard to to represent. What real maths and a real maths problem or a real maths solution or proof would yeah. look like. Not really the kind of thing you can do as a vigilante on a blackboard in a corridor.
0: No, here's, here's my thirty-two page proof that I've written on this blackboard. <laughs> in fact, I think that ma- this is what makes maths in film perhaps tricky. And uh, so something like, as I say, Beautiful Mind. The maths is is very good, uh, apart from some of the window maths. It turns out, <laughs> but they have to then say, oh, this it kind of means it kind of means that I'm choosing the wrong girl at this party or something like that just just to get this across to Joe Public
1: mm. uh, did you ever see um, The Theory of Everything? I haven't it's one I want to see but I haven't yet
0: So uh, I should check that out that's, that's good and uh, Life of Stephen Hawking was uh, played by uh, Eddie Redmayne who won an Oscar for it and, and Felicity Jones playing his, his wife but uh, it's physics rather than maths so I, and, and since anyone one of us has seen it I won't, I won't dwell on it but, um, but in that again they're trying to look at uh, Stephen Hawking's uh, great breakthroughs and his great and discoveries in physics or its theories in the physics um but they have to try and make it into a kind of a, an allegory for faith versus science or or, or even when saying oh it's all about going back in time which is kind of like if we could go back in time to before you had motor neuron disease which is i can see why they've done it as a framing device for a film but it, i'm if i were if
1: i knew anything about physics i'm sure i'd have been uh, more disappointed than i was yeah i think that there's a, a disconnect often between what's really going on and the, maybe the actual facts of the story you're portraying and the, the narrative you want to put to it. And if you want it to be a compelling film, you need to have a compelling narrative. It's got to have a story that you can be hooked into. And if the maths of it doesn't quite fit with that, you have to tweak it to yeah. make it fit. And so, yeah, and it, so
0: something like Kidwell Hunting, whereas I think the maths is is facile, the storyline is not about maths, is it? It's, it's a... Uh, much mm. more personal story about relationships and about this guy's ambition. And, mm.
1: and in fact, the the human element of doing the maths, the, especially the scene, I, I don't remember the name of the, the chap who plays the professor. but I think it might be Stellan Skarsgård, but I could be wrong. Mm. Well, there you go. Yeah. When he is uh, working on a maths problem with his, his new protégé, and they're, they're sitting there staring at a blackboard, and one of them gets up and grabs the chalk and does a bit the other one grabs the chalk and does a bit Hmm. that sort of thing it happens on an almost weekly basis in some of my um, further maths a-level lessons and it's great fun i can sit back and watch these bright sparks uh, busy working on problems collaboratively and you see that you know people can often think maths is a a dry or Hmm. lonely thing to be to be working on a, a lonely pursuit yeah but it's most exciting i think when you're both of you are sort of engaging in a, a problem and seeing it from different angles and one person has an idea but they don't know how to put it into the problem the other person can take it and run with it and all those sorts of
0: things yeah kicking it back and forth and and it some of the great mathematical discoveries have been some things like I, I read um, the book uh, about Fermat's Last Theorem which was solved by Andrew Wiles and yeah that mm. was kind of well, part part of the reason it was solved is based on kind of conversations in a coffee room with people who if I weren't even mathematicians but kind of just um, they were working in a, I can't remember what the field was but some of the scientific field and kind of gave him an idea, and
1: well, very much as as House is wont to do, well, something will trigger it. And if there weren't the other people around, even if they're not as clever as him, or even if they're not in the same field, yeah, that's what makes the difference.
0: Well done for almost bringing it back to films. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> it's TV. It's closer. It's enough? getting there, isn't it? So you have seen The Imitation Game, I believe. I have. Um, so starring Benedict Cumberbatch as as Alan Turing, who let's let's co-opt him as a mathematician. I think that's that's fair.
1: Well, they yeah, the uh, creator and the modern computer, effectively. Mm. Yeah. So
0: it's all about decoding uh, the, the Enigma machine. I, I've not seen the film Enigma, uh, which is maybe about twenty years before that, which probably was heavily criticised for being very unrealistic and more more because it had Americans winning the war than, than the, the mathematical <laughs> content being wrong. I think you and, can't be having that. No, no. I mean, in fairness, they they did win the war, but not in that not <laughs> not not in that respect. We we got that one. Um, yeah, what do you think of uh, *Imitation
1: Game*? Um, I liked it. I uh, I found it intriguing, sort of, to get an insight into. You know, it may not be a, a perfect representation of what that yeah. uh, world was like, but the the clash between the work that was being done and the day to day lives of those people and the impact of it that was an interesting uh, perspective that I hadn't mm. thought of before. I like. I'd seen. Um, James Grime, I don't know if you've come across. He's a mathematician oh, yeah. who does various YouTube things, and his big thing is um, the Enigma machine and Bletchley Park. And he he takes around the the machines and does talks on them. So I've I've seen a talk by him, oh, yeah. and he he was he was impressed by the imitation game. Okay. So I that was that was enough. I thought if he knows what he's talking he about. He I, yeah. went through all the the clever stuff to do with how you break the code. I also liked the fact that the code itself, when they broke it, it wasn't enough just to have the clever mathematics. Yeah. They needed to combine it with the human element of, you know, this machine will give you any letter whatsoever when you press a letter apart from the letter itself. Yeah. There's one little flaw that you can use. And then the fact that chances are somebody, some remote corner of the German empire, will send the same uh, weather report every morning at the same time. They'll write hi Hitler" at the end. You can make use of the human aspect of it to crack into the mathematical code itself
0: it's the uh, first time we've had heil hit the on the podcast um <laughs> uh, might might change our rating um might bring in a whole new audience who knows
1: no publicity is bad publicity. <laughs> <laughs> one of those things
0: yes yeah, no such thing as bad press
1: uh, i'm i'm sure uh, <laughs> we'll find out yeah i, I don't this is how we test the theory this is the edge case
0: um let's let's leave it for now um <laughs> and if we suddenly get a huge huge audience swell i might might cancel the podcast because i don't not not really not really comfortable with that um yeah i thought, I thought benedict Cumberbatch was very good and i think it was around the time he was getting a little bit overexposed so everyone loved him in sherlock and i think he's great in, in that but um he started doing lots of things did hammers around the same time i think and, the reviewers started getting a bit sniffy about him playing socially awkward geniuses uh, all the time.
1: But in fairness, he played it quite differently to Sherlock when he could have just done the same thing. There's enough similarity that I I would find it difficult to change the role completely. But I didn't see Sherlock in it at all. I saw a different person.
0: I think that's fair. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, Yeah, no, I I think um, it came out not long before Theory of Everything. I think they're both slightly flawed in terms of the, the, the narrative structure, but... Um, both kind of had some fairly sharp character twists at times that didn't quite play true. But uh, overall, yeah, I I enjoyed both of them. I think I probably just about preferred uh, Theory of Everything, so I, I would recommend checking that one hmm. out. Uh, a film that I am confident you won't have seen, um, because why would you, um, is the film The Number 23. Uh, I mentioned it way back in the first ever podcast we did and Uh in my Jim Carrey segment, I mention it again just to remind people that it's absolute garbage, um, and, and make sure not believe this
1: is a more a numerology than a maths film. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I, it was in Wikipedia's surprisingly short list of maths films, um, mm-hmm. so I thought I'd grab it. But uh, yes, the, the idea is this man is being followed around by the number twenty three, not not like in a big costume or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, although, having said that, I've now lived in two houses that are number twenty three, so maybe this is happening to me.
1: It's possible. It's also possible that small numbers appear quite often in lots of contexts. No, I think we can rule that out. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry to, to drag normal boring maths into the, the equation I'm again. I'm being
0: followed around by a Jim Carrey film, um, and it more or less killed his career. So I don't know what's going to do to me. Anyway, <laughs> um, the only uh, maths film well, I have two more maths films on my list. Do you have any more maths films on your list? Well, I'm going to put I'm going
1: to put in a plug for Twenty One. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you seen that is one? Is this the one about counting cards and things? Yes. I... Kevin Spacey is the uh, the MIT professor who recruits some students. And it's it's interesting in that the, the whole counting cards, making millions, seems glamorous until you put it into a movie, which right. is kind of the opposite of what you often have. Okay. Um, and you, you see the, the nitty-gritty, the everyday, how you make money at something where most people sit down and, you know, you don't leave emotion at the door when you go to a casino. You go for a good time. But these guys were not playing with their own money. Hmm. They were having to follow exactly the the rules that they had dictated. They couldn't. Um, they had to, obviously, count the cards, which makes it difficult to relax and enjoy yourself. And they weren't making a huge amount. And most of that was, was going to old Kevin Spacey, who was running the whole deal in the first place. Okay. But it was very well done. I liked it. It was intriguing. It had the right mixture, I think, of the human element and the enough of the the maths of what was going on to to interest we old mathematicians.
0: I've not seen it, but I, I, will, I, I think I've seen it come up on Netflix before. I could be wrong. So uh, I did. Worth a look. I briefly uh, owned the book um, for for my brother's birthday when he turned thirty. Uh, I, I made him a, a picture which had uh, it, was, it was a bookshelf, but the the spines or covers of, of books from the numbers one to 30 so that was the the I
1: vaguely remember this Hmm. you bought some rubbish books for that particular collection
0: I did buy basically any book with the the right number in it (laughs) Um, yes it felt very weird scanning bookshelves trying to find numbers because I'm used to scanning bookshelves for authors and I kept accidentally switching back to looking at authors (laughs) had to go back a couple of shelves anyway I had 21 um, for that but I think I got rid of the book at some point because how was I to know It it might be good um uh, I've also got The Man Who Knew Infinity, which is um story of... I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. R- and, yes. and J.H. Uh, Harvey. I've heard of the
1: film, but I haven't watched it. There's a lot of exciting stories surrounding them, so I'd be intrigued to see the film, but I'm afraid I have not.
0: Okay, yeah, it's... um. It was not didn't have massive um, profile. So it, it stars Dev Patel as Ramanujan and, and um, Jeremy Irons as G H Hardy. And G H Hardy is a mathematician. I've got a lot of time for. He wrote a book called A Mathematician's Apology, which um, I recommend. Which basically explaining why he does maths and what what, what he thinks maths, uh, or, what his position in the world is. Uh, the film itself, mm. it's it's fine. It's a little bit of paint by numbers, I think. In that kind of you get the classic. It it's, was a um, was an Indian. Japanese brought across to this country, and so there's a lot of kind of fish out of water. Uh, he doesn't fit in with the Cambridge Dons, and you can kind of predict where it's going a lot of the time. But it does, it does throw in some of the maths and some of the, the, the more famous elements of their relationships in there. So I think it's it's worth a watch. Not not to mm. not up there with imitation game or theory of everything, but it's um,
1: still good fun. To what extent does it go into the the clash between Hardy's approach and you know hunting for a rigorous proof, and Ramanujan would would you know, he'd see what was probably true and be happy with his flash of inspiration and then want to move on to something new.
0: That's actually a large basis of it, yeah. So um, they don't maybe develop it massively, but you have a lot of kind of G.H. Hardy saying, no, 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 you must write out this proper paper, you must do this, and kind of throwing these things back at him because they're not rigorously uh, mm. argued or, or proven and really not understanding that. Because, yeah, there's an incredible story. I mean, the real-life story is more, more incredible than the film makes it, but yeah, there's this... Indian guy with with no connections to to you know he hadn't read a lot of maths work but kind of d- discovering for himself a lot of proofs that have been laboriously discovered over decades or centuries and, and and assuming that he'd done them himself it turns out they'd they'd already been done elsewhere uh, and Dev Patel uh, his his career goes on to great and greater things he was Oscar nominated this year for um for a film called Lion which has got nothing to do with maths but it's good good uh, good film <laughs> there you go that's probably all the maths we need to do for now for, for
1: now until the spin-off podcast
0: oh yeah <laughs> yeah okay well you think of a name for that may i suggest cool in maths um
1: i was i was gonna go with uh 22 over 7 oh yeah some easily <laughs> awkward <laughs> we'll work on that cool um
0: and hey if you the listener are still here uh, and you have maths films you want us to to watch, or and I'm sure Zijan would enjoy maths film because although he's not a mathematician by by degree, he did do actuarial science, which is a kind of in the same ballpark, I suppose. Let us know. We're on Twitter at uh, C to Z of movies. You can reach us at C to Z of movies at gmail.com, or I live at number twenty three. <laughs> um, we're going to move on to our famous segment, Actor Factor, subtly different to Actor Factor. And this this is this is almost a request from you, Anthony, that you wanted to talk about films by your your great love. Matthew Perry. Um, yes, let's call it a request. We we haven't really gone into this in the podcast great deal, but basically, I I, I love Matthew Perry. He's great. I probably not as much as I used to, but um, having watched uh, Friends, a lot as a teenager, I then sought out lots of his films, and and my my university friends, particularly those who perhaps hadn't seen enough films to to realise when they were being forced to watch bad <laughs> films, um, suffered through Matthew Perry films with me. So I think apart from my brother. Or maybe even equal with my brother. Uh, You probably have watched more Mighty Perry films than anyone else I know. A a dubious (laughs) honour, to be sure. Yes. Um, I have made a list of the ones I've seen, and there are 11 of them. Uh, He doesn't really make films anymore. He's he's focusing his energies more on sitcoms that get cancelled.
1: I've seen handfuls of a few of the sitcoms that got cancelled.
0: He tweeted the other day that he's he's made one called The Odd Couple, um, which is a... Based on the, the the play by Neil Simon, um, he tweeted out saying oh, that my face on the door has been covered over in green paint. I think we're cancelled. Oh. <laughs> Poor guy. So you have seen some of these films? Do you remember Anthony, the film Fools Russian?
1: I do indeed. Tell me about it's it. It's quite a. It's a. It's a heartwarming tale. Yes. Of of love and foolishness. You're guessing. Um, you're guessing. When I say, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> this is <laughs> when I say I remember it. It's, um, I, I recall enjoying this particular film. Excellent. Um, I believe there's a Latino lady. There is. Uh,
0: Salma Hayek. Who is,
1: yeah. who is romantically involved with, with Matthew Perry's character and the inevitable culture clashes, which ensue. Mm. I, I don't remember much of the, the massive plot.
0: No, I, I do remember watching this with you and you falling asleep, uh, which might be why you're missing some of the plot.
1: Um, <laughs> I got the beginning
0: bit. Yeah, no. Um, they sleep together. She turns out to be pregnant. They hurriedly get married, uh, but then they drift apart. Will he be able to make it back to her to tell her he loves her? Yes. <laughs> Who Do you remember the knows? end? Oh. <laughs> yes. I misremembered Yes. End. No, you're right. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I just thought I'd leave some spoilers for the audience, but no, that's, you're right. That's exactly what happens. Um, in the Rain, in classic sitcom style, one of his better films, the bar, it seems, is set fairly low. Do you remember the <laughs> film Three to
1: Tango? I do. Excellent. Tell me about that. This one was a rather different story to to most most films ever, probably. Yes. Um, I I quite enjoyed it. It was uh, the the basis of the film, I believe, was Matthew Parrott's character is uh, confused for being gay yes. by his boss, possibly, Yes. and given the job of keeping an eye on the boss's wife. Mistress, but yep, <laughs> closer. So uh, he's in the awkward position of having to keep an eye on this woman, who uh, it turns out he quite fancies, and she has no idea because she thinks he's gay. Yeah. And uh, hilarity ensues. He certainly does. There are bad sandwiches, um, you know, broken stiletto heels. That the whole, you know, how can you avoid falling in love with someone when, when such things occur with the frequency <laughs> with which they did.
0: This I must admit, for a long time this was my favourite film. Um, and I still have a, a a very big soft spot for it. Um, that yeah, like most of his films, it's it's not uh, not necessarily held in wide regard by the by the movie going or the public or, or critics or indeed himself. Um, I did I did once see a quote from him where he's saying, "I'm under no illusions. Uh, my films are the kind of films where at the end they kiss and the camera pans out to show the whole city."
1: which is the what's wrong with those? which
0: is the ending with three to tango so <laughs> so i think he is explicitly saying it's not very good but i disagree uh have you seen the whole nine
1: yards i have in fact that's one of the few films with matthew Perrion that i have subsequently rewatched w- without me <laughs> <Indeed>. well <laughs> yes uh, i believe i believe i even uh, watched it with my wife oh yes yeah. there you go that's how unashamed i was <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed it i believe the whole Nine Yards was the one with the dentist. It was the one with the dentist. And a mafia confusion thing. There's gangsters involved.
0: There are. Uh, Bruce Willis is is Jimmy the Tulip Tudetsky, uh, who's a hitman, or, or
1: some sort of mafia-type
0: person. The late Michael Clark Duncan is, uh, is in it. Um, it was
1: so well-received that it got a sequel, The Whole Ten Yards. Which was which I have not shown to my wife. No. <laughs> It's not quite as good. It's certainly, I wouldn't say, a ninth better than the whole nine yards. (laughs) Which is what the title would lead you to believe.
0: Yes, inexorably improving. Um, Again, I've seen an interview with Matthew Perry where he explicitly said that was a bad film. Um, And on that (laughs) one, I find it difficult to disagree. Uh, Yes, it was was pretty horrendous. I saw it in the cinema with uh, two friends. We were the only people in the screen. Which was good because they hadn't seen the whole nine yards. So I could explain the plot to them without uh, anyone... Getting upset. I know that you have seen A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon because I think you once watched it by mistake when you were trying to watch Jerry Maguire.
1: I believe so. Yeah. Neither of which film I particularly enjoy or were particularly memorable I'll be honest. Okay. Those, I think you enjoyed those more than I did. Well I, I love Jerry Maguire I think it's a great film
0: I, I'm not a massive fan of A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon um, Matthew Perry's first film um starring in the late River Phoenix no, in fact that, that's a bad film but Jerry Maguire I think is great probably shouldn't put it in the, in the Matthew Perry segment. When 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 <laughs> when you come back, if we can talk about Tom Cruise uh, films. Uh, sure, I'm gonna need a. I'm gonna need more than one segment to talk about Tom Cruise films one of these days. <laughs> that seems know, reasonable. A six episode arc of uh, Tom. Cruise. <laughs> we might. You've probably seen Almost Heroes, possibly.
1: Yes, this was the the Lewis and Clark mm. um, comedy comedy romp. Let's call it. <laughs>
0: let's call it a comedy romp. Someone's got to. I enjoyed this one actually. I don't know. I, I don't know if you'd heard of Lewis and Clark before you started.
1: Marrying Americans. Um. No, it's something that came after the marrying Americans phase. Yeah. They're big in America, apparently. But, They're uh, huge. They, they did discover quite a large chunk... Of the country, be, you know, all sorts of obscure places you go to, the middle of a big national park. And, well, this was Lewis and Clark, because mm. no one else knew about it before. Must be quite easy to discover things, that nowhere else has been just walking. Well, you say that, but then it's a it's a big place. I don't know if you've uh, if you recall America, but it's quite large, and to walk across it would have taken you quite a long time. Yeah, I took. So good... that's quite impressive.
0: Yeah, no, fair of Good work then. So did you ever watch the New Adventures of Superman? No. Fair enough. It was, it was it was what it sounds like, but in this country it was called the New Adventures <laughs> of Superman. But in America it was called Lois and Clark. But the reason <laughs> they didn't they didn't call it that over here is because no one knows who they are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would have gone over our heads, just like Goodwill Hunting. It would, continues to. Yes,
0: we'd have said this title means nothing, or slightly more than one thing. <laughs> I enjoyed uh, Almost Heroes, but yes, they basically the, the idea is that they they play two explorers who got there just before Lois and Clark. Um, so Matthew Perry with the late Chris Farley. I think it was Chris Farley's last film. Uh, there are more on this list. Um, serving Sarah, or possibly Serving Sarah. The film is not consistent about her name, how her name is pronounced. Uh, it's terrible. Um, she's out of control. Not very good.
1: The Kid. I enjoyed The Kid. <laughs> I recall The Kid being uh, sold to me as a Matthew Perry film. Yes. When... Uh... In reality, Matthew Perry has, let, let's uh, generously call it, a bit part.
0: Yes. Uh, I think he has maybe two lines, um, <laughs> and they're delivered from behind a, a huge fake beard. Um, well, you say fake beard. Maybe he grew it for yeah, the occasion. Maybe. Maybe he spent eight years. Maybe he's half Hungarian, and therefore grows immediately <laughs> to, to steal a line from Scrubs. The other, Numb and Birds of America are both on this list. Uh, I've seen them once each, and if I've only watched them once, they, they must be bad. <laughs> Uh, did you ever see Seventeen again? I. It, it would have been I'm after sure. we graduated, so
1: you would have had to have chosen to do it of your own free will. I. I think I remember it coming out and not watching it. Oh yeah. So <laughs> possibly, possibly I never have.
0: Uh 17 again starts uh, Zach Efron, but um, basically or Matthew Perry, uh, and Zach Efron played the same person at different ages, but um, Matthew Perry turns back into Zach Efron effectively. So it's one of these classic. I wish I were young again, and then he becomes young again, and. It's like he wanted more in the kid, so he
1: made a new movie where he got to do that.
0: that's almost exactly what, what it is, yeah it's kind of your, your freaky Friday or big or whatever It's kind of the a reverse big I suppose <laughs>
1: small yes yeah.
0: <particular. laughs> yeah that's that's a better title. He doesn't have much to do in that film, but uh, he's in it, and my good friend Ben agreed to watch it with me in a cinema that was otherwise filled with teenage girls um, <laughs> there you go. What's your favorite Matthew Perry film would you say Anthony? Oof.
1: uh i don't <laughs> you know I, I won't hold you to this if you change your mind <laughs> I, it's probably gonna have to be the whole nine yards i liked the the interplay it was it was good. there's a lot of strong actors in that one in mm. addition to matthew perry mm. see, it was it, it had more to it i think fair enough
0: uh, i'm gonna stick with Three's tango as my favorite um let's let's agree that uh a Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon is the worst, because it's the worst one we've both seen. Excellent. Which brings us on to the final segment, the quiz, which is on the the Narnia films. Yes. Now, as ever, this this, this quiz doesn't count to the uh, the annual standings that Zijan and I do, so it doesn't matter when I inevitably lose. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so I've, I've remembered with one segment to go that Zijan was very insistent that I pointed out that this was the first episode of our second year of podcasting there you go um, it's since, there you go since it's episode 27 and we record, we'd record once a fortnight welcome to season 2
1: how exciting he's going
0: to be delighted that I remember to
1: say that with minutes to go <laughs> well if you hadn't banged on about the fact that it only had minutes to go you could have snuck it in at the beginning in the edit oh
0: that's true and you could have said it was the most exciting news you have ever heard that would have, uh, it would have, it would have worked better. <laughs> that's perfectly. the most exciting news I've ever heard <laughs> You can put that in multiple times. Yeah, that's just, yeah, this podcast is going to be three hours long. So I'm going to keep <laughs> keep reinserting that. Um, Matthew Perry was in a film. That's the most exciting. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you the first question. Are you ready? I don't. I don't normally sure. ask these. Anybody's ready. So I'm giving you some t- time to steel <laughs> yourself for this. Taking a gulp of tea. Oh, I'm yeah. as ready as I'll ever be. Which Narnia character was voiced by Liam Neeson? I uh, know this one.
1: This was Aslan. Aslan. One nil. <clears throat> do, do I ask my question now? You do, I should have told you that. Can we alternate? Yes. Right, well, uh, my first question also relates to Aslan. Oh, yeah. My question is, uh, which of these um, movie kings uh, were not voiced by an actor who was uh, approached to voice Aslan? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was it King Leonidas in 300? Right. Or King Agamemnon in Troy? Or King Mufasa in The Lion King? Right. Uh, one of those was not uh, a possibility for the voice of Aslan. So I Which one? think King
0: Mufasa was James, James L. Jones. Uh, the first one was probably Gerard Butler, uh, but might not have been. I When I was reading Wikipedia today, I did read about the person that was approached to play it and then got kicked out. Um, I am going to say they never approached uh, James L. Jones, so I'm going to say it's not Mufasa. Well done. Oh, yes. They
1: they approached Gerald Butler and Brian Cox, who was oh, adamant yes,
0: Brian Cox. Yes, yes. Uh, one all uh, in the film Prince Caspian. Uh, the title character is the heir
1: to which throne? Um, feels like a trick question. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the presumably the the throne of Narnia. Um, but this was King. Well, what was his name? No, they uh, Telmar, presumably. Very
0: good. Got them There we go. um, <laughs> The Telmarine throne, because Narnia's broken down into lots of different places, isn't it? And...
1: Yeah, I was always a bit hazy about that. Mm. You know, it's, they'd been taken over to some extent. So he was initially supposed to be taken over the Telmarine Empire and ended up becoming king of Narnia. Uh, yes, he did, didn't yeah. he? There you go.
0: 2-1, uh, see if I can pull level.
1: Okay, well, um, all three of the books the Narnia films are based on begin with a sentence that introduces the characters of the books. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if you know how the first line of The Voyage of the Dawn Treader ends. I'll give you the beginning. Okay. Okay. There was a boy called Eustace Clarence Scrub. And he almost deserved it.
0: Nicely done. I do remember that line. That's a good one. To all, uh, your question three. uh, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader was mainly filmed in two countries. Name either of them. Oh. Um, probably New Zealand was one of them. Yeah, very good, New Zealand and uh, Australia was the other. Ah, well, there you go. Okay, and <laughs> 100 fans so far. This is very good. What your uh, question for
1: th- it? Yeah. Okay. Um, in the line, "The Witch in the Wardrobe," this is a mean question. Okay. Which <laughs> Which of the child actors was the second to go through the wardrobe? You, you want the actual name of the actor, or you can tell me which. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, it's important that it's not just the character for reasons that will become clear.
0: Okay. <laughs> Intriguing. Okay. Um, second to go through the wardrobe. Well, uh, so I've, I've read the book many times. Um, and in the book, it's Edmund. So I'm going to stick with Edmund. And you're going to tell me it how... It is I'm Edmund. Gonna... Okay. <laughs>
1: However, the the child actor was actually Anna Popperwell, who plays Susan, wearing Edmund's trousers. She wasn't on set <laughs> that day. Oh, very good. Um, How you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Anna Pufferwell was the only one of the,
0: uh, the cast I could have named, so I really should have just said her name. Uh, my brother has seen her in, in, in reality because she went to Oxford University. So he's... walked. fact, I have seen her. I walked past her on uh, Magdalen Bridge once. He pointed her out. How exciting. And there you go. I still got it wrong. Sorry, Anna. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't look enough like Edmund. No, um, okay. Your question four: um, the Lion in Which Wardrobe won one Academy Award.
1: What was it?
0: We can. I can ask mean questions too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I can display my ignorance of the Academy Awards. I suspect they have things like Best Picture. That sounds like one they should have had. Okay, they do have that, but but it wasn't
0: won by this. I'm afraid. Um, it won Best Makeup. Um oh. Although interestingly, since they since it won that, the uh, the award is now Best Hair and Makeup. So how times change. Someone had really great hair. Yeah. And they just
1: had... I must admit, the one thing that put me off, uh, because obviously it's a it's a remake of a, uh, in a way, it's a remake of a film that's already been done. The the classic BBC adaptations, of course. Um, that didn't feel the need to add in extra scenes like being chased on ice by wolves and whatnot. Hmm. I I didn't like all the makeup that they put on Susan's character. Well, it seemed a bit overkill to me. The. uh, the Academy disagrees with you. <laughs> they thought it was amazing. <laughs> Apparently, who's making these decisions? Question four. What is the name... This is this is not the three films that have already come out, but the one that's uh, about to... Oh, yeah. They're planning to... What is the name of the Enchantress who keeps Prince Rillian under her spell in the silver chair?
0: Ooh, asking about films that don't exist. Um, <laughs> but in <laughs>
1: fairness, I, again, have read this several times and seen the BBC adaptation
0: several times. Uh, so I, it's going to not be the same... So she, she was called like Jadis or something. I wanted to before. Uh, she's probably not called that, but I got nothing else. So I'm going
1: to go with that again. I believe. I believe it's a different person. I don't think it's supposed to be. Oh, is it? I okay. go same. In which case, I got nothing. And Anna well.
0: Um. <laughs> nice try. Well,
1: it, it's a bit of a trick question. Uh. Um, she's not given a name, <laughs> um, so you're going to have half a point. You're mean. Um, she's referred to, or she refers to herself as the Lady of the Green Kirtle, as you may recall.
0: Oh, and there's a competition to name her.
1: There is a competition on narnia.com cuz they would like her to have a name for the film. I I did read that. Yeah, okay. So if we all vote Mavis, maybe the enchantress will be Mavis. I'm voting Colin. That'd be exciting.
0: <laughs> Mavis was my...
1: Mavis is my grandmother's name. Maybe I'll join you. Okay. If they get far enough back with their pre-prequels, yes. eventually there might be a King Cole, possibly. Oh yeah. I understand Archenland had a had a call at some point in the distant past so hang in there but Yeah, we'll, it we'll get there
0: eventually um, Caspian sounds a bit like Colin no no, <laughs> no, no, no that's fair um, Aslan rhymes with k- no um, <laughs> ok here's your question 5 if you get this right you have guaranteed victory otherwise um, I believe you would still be leading 3-2 uh, and I think you might get this because um, I, sa- I saved a nice easy question until last um, yes. what is the name of the tribe of monopodal dwarves who have been turned invisible in the Voyage of the Dawn Treader Duffelpuds. It is Duffel Puds indeed, 4-2. So I'm playing for pride, but let's see if I can <laughs> pull it back.
1: Well, my question five. Four years before Eddie Izzard voiced Reaper Cheap in Prince Caspian, which other character in a children's wartime fantasy did he voice?
0: Okay. <laughs> Eddie Izzard in a... four years. So I think that film's about 2008, I think. So it'll be 2004 children's yep. wartime fantasy be about first year at university um, i'm gonna say like a clue he, i think I know this one actually i think he voiced it in the uh, in the five children on it you are correct well done thank you
1: it's, a, it's clearly a, a theme he likes the small furry creatures in he does chittles. yeah he does it so well it was i've not it's seen it's that a very one. amusing role it's worth watching
0: I, I used to i've I read, read the book when I was a kid but, um I've not seen that one well thank you anthony it's been a it's been a pleasure I hope you've uh hope you've enjoyed your, your time with us here on cZ movies uh,
1: it's been fantastic thank you very much for having me
0: uh you're very welcome a sneak preview of what's happening next time and by sneak preview I mean I'm gonna say it right now um Zed and I are talking about guardians of the galaxy volume 2 uh who knows what else we're going to talk about because letting you in behind the curtain listeners we've not yet recorded the episode before this one
1: so um' <laughs> it's all very confusing mess with everybody's heads I don't know what's going on
0: thanks for listening thanks for being around and uh, well see you next time
1: over and out